Hey, come on. Glory to God. We're going to do things a little bit different because of my new schedule change. So, so um, Kathy will talk to you at the end of the service. Y'all doing okay this morning? Yeah. So everybody's on this side. Like, okay, the crowd's on this side. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's, before we do anything else, let's pray for this nation. You know, let's pray for America. This week is, you know, it's an important week, and we need prayer. We just don't need any more violence. We don't need any more craziness. God's still on the throne, amen? But let's still pray for this nation. Father, we thank you for America. We thank you for this great nation. We thank you for what this nation has done around the world and what it stands for. And will continue to be a beacon of truth, of justice, of freedom, of promoting the gospel as it has done for over 200 years. Father, and I just pray that this upcoming week as a transfer of power takes place, Lord, we just don't need any more violence in this nation. So we bless the president, the new president. We bless the president that will leave. But at the end of the day, Father, we are part of your kingdom. But we thank you for this nation, and we believe there will be peace, and that you're still in control of this thing, and we're going to see what you will do. We give you all the glory and praise this morning. We also receive the word with joy this morning. Open our hearts to receive the word in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. All right. Glory to God. Okay. Y'all ready? I want to do something before we um, start the service. I don't know if you can turn me down just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. If I start whooping and hollering and yelling. Um, Kathy, could you? Don't take off. I need to to talk to you in front of all these people. It's going to be really embarrassing, I know. But anyway, Loud and Kathy, come up here. Uh-oh. So I'm going to resign today. Y'all can have this. No, just kidding. Shoot, <laughs> they got the door, like, real quick. Um, you know, over the years, I want to talk to you about this couple a little bit. They, didn't, they, don't, they don't know any of this, so it's like, oh, what's he going to do? Um, but um, and we'll release the kids after. Let me just take care of this, Andrew. I see you back there like, hey, the kids. <laughs> so th- there's a scripture in the Bible that says, you know, that we must honor people where honor is due, and we have, really, we have one of the, I think, one of the best leadership teams, and of course, and every time I say somebody's name, I want you to give my hand clap, so Miss Angie Turner, superb job at Children's Church, taking care of your kids, can she get a hand clap, come on, amen, thank you, Angie, for all your hard work, and of course, Miss Janice, the job that I would never take, ever, which is taking care of babies, right, and, of course, um, we have Selma running all the hospitality back there. And God bless you, Selma. Give her a big hand clap. And the online church. So, and then, you know, we have Lali and we have Araceli and Miriam. Give them a hand clap for women's ministry and all they do. Now, I don't want to miss anybody. So, I miss somebody. Oh, he didn't say my name. But, you know, if you're serving in some capacity, we can't do this without you. But, you know, this couple came to us, I believe now, what, four or five years ago? Something like that. And um, I really believe God sent them. And most of you have interacted in some way, directly or indirectly, with them. So, you know, it's been on my heart to do. And I talked to my wife and, of course, um, HH and Indiana were all in, in on this. And, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, of course, my right hand, left hand, left foot, right foot. It's their HH and Diana Garza, of course. And they know we love them to pieces. And we wouldn't even have a church if it wasn't for them. But, you know, they, they've come. They believe God sent them. And, and they really work hard. And... You know, we're, I'll, t- I'll be honest with you, Monica and I are not the easiest people to get along with, especially Monica. No, I'm just kidding. I'm pretty difficult. I can't even stand myself sometimes. But the point is, you know, we, we navigated through different challenges. We navigated through things. But, but they, really, they really put on what I say, the t-shirt of this church. And, and I just want to read one scripture. And we just wanted to honor them today 
you know, the running JSMI, I mean, that's a headache right there by itself. And, you know, and then they have like 14 kids total. I don't know. They're just kids everywhere around them trying to manage that house and, and then all things ministry. And it got to the point that I'm, you know, because really Monica and I just basically come and preach. <laughs> you know, we said water baptisms. This couple would take everything from the pool to the shirts, get it done. You know, uh, when the JSMI school thing kicked in, you know, she took it on, and, and that's a lot of work. For those of you that are in Jessamite, it's a lot of work, because, I mean, you know, we just do, like, the one course, but she's got to grade all your courses, and, you know. So, and all this stuff, and just everyday activity, and then some of you know, you know, some living, I don't live in Heavenville, so sometimes hard, but, you know, you've called her, you've, she's prayed for you, Laudo's the same thing. He's encouraged a lot, of, a lot of people around here. So, said all that, we just want to honor you guys, you know, with two things. First of all, there, if there wasn't something involved, then it wouldn't count, so here's a little something for y'all. Y'all, y'all, and then I want to just read the scripture over you, and I want to pray for you. Why don't you go ahead and stand with me? Just, it's just honor them. That's, it's, it's about honor, you know. It's about respect. So we're honoring you as a couple. It says, it says, the elders who direct the affairs of the church, that's really them. Now, they're young. That elders, I mean, all just means people in charge of the church are well, are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. So 1 Timothy 5.17. So we just wanted to honor you guys. Stretch out your hand, let's pray through. Father, I thank you for this couple, and today it's just a day of honor for them and blessing, and I thank you for all their hard work, all their diligence that they've really put in these last few years, and, and Father, it does not go unnoticed, and we just wanted to make sure that they knew that. We love them, we bless them, and we believe 2021 will be an amazing year for them at every level, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Now you give them a big hand clap. God bless you guys. Love you guys so much. Kathy, blessings. Thank you so much for everything. And now, children, you are released. <laughs> Whatever children are going to Super Kids, release the Kraken, right? Cammie, you can't go yet. Oh, yes, she's taking off? You're taking off too? You go to nursery? Oh, she wants to come and preach, I think. <laughs> God, praise God. You know, and I think as a, as a, just on a personal note, you should find people in your life that you should honor. You know, people that just, you know, Mom, dad, even your children sometimes, and, you know, when they, they, they respect, because really through the Bible, I want to do a whole series on honor, probably in the late spring. It's really just bubbling in my spirit, you know, to, to people need to understand it. You know, if people honored, you know, most, not everyone, but I'm going to say a lot of, of divorces are just because there was no honor. A lot of kids rebelling both ways, you know, honoring the kids, honoring the parents. So, so honor in the Bible is a huge theme. It's a huge theme. So we'll talk about that later. So again, thank you guys. We love y'all. All right, you guys ready again? The word this morning? So we've been talking about first things first. We've been talking about seeking first the kingdom of God. And we're going to spend some time, and it's just like I keep digging and digging and digging. And it's a beautiful thing about the Bible. Now, trust me, in 27 years of ministry, I've preached the kingdom of God all over every country I think I've ever stepped on. But it's amazing when you go and dig some more. That's what I always, I was, H and I had this conversation a few weeks ago. I said, you know, I have literally thousands, this is no joke, thousands of outlines. So you can imagine all the outlines I've ever made in 20-something years. And it would be nothing to just, you know, bring one up and deliver it on Sunday, but it would be, do you a disservice, and I never do that. I don't care if it's an old outline. I don't care if it's dated 1997. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to pray about it, and guess what happens? God gives you more. You keep digging it and digging. It's like mining for gold. God gives you more. And this is kind of my experience with Kingdom of God because I did you know, those of you that have been with us for years and years, you've, you know we've done this many times over, but it just seems like it gets deeper 
And right now, I think it is vital. And I keep using that word. I don't want to overuse that word because vital means you, didn't, you need this to live. That's what vital means. You know, like air is vital, water is vital. Your understanding of the kingdom of God is vital. Because as you are seeing, the world out there is, is pretty broken down. Um, you know, kind of the introduction we did last week, you can't trust science. You know, science does its best as can, but, you know, it's, it's research based on experimentation and, you know, hypothesis. You know, you have a theory, you have a hypothesis, you eventually end it. But when we in, entered in this pandemic, you know, people that worship at the, at the altar of science, because there's a lot of them that do, they were let down. Do you agree with that? Because that God failed them. Our government, well, we don't even have to go there. <laughs> it's failed on so many levels. And, but the one thing that holds steady, and I, and I started to post something this week, and I just didn't have time to do it. I said, you know, when I gave my life to God in 1992, yeah, there's been all kinds of crises on this planet. Oh, I mean, lots of crises. But you know what? The kingdom of God is not shaken. Listen, the kingdom of God is not shaken. You think God is overly concerned about an election or about an economic crisis? No, because he has his own system of finances. He has his own system to govern. And I look at my life, you know, and, and even not knowing a lot of these things early, early. I'm not ta- talking before there was even ministry. And you see the influence of God on your life. And I was sharing that with somebody this week that was, that was working with me, doing some work on a ranch. And, and, I, and, I, and I minister. I don't care. If you're around me, you're going to get preached. So, you know, if you want to work for me, you're going to get eight hours of Jesus somehow. And then you're going to still work, and then you're still going to get paid. So it'll be a great day, right? My point is, you know, I was sharing. I said, you know, the thing is, it's not so much about religion. It's not so much about even a church. It's about an influence that comes upon your life which is the God influence. And sometimes we, we have to navigate through like a spider web of religion and trying to figure this thing out, and it's not like that. God loves you. That's it, I mean, you know? And the same love that you have for your kids, the Father has that multiplied thousands of times over. And you would, you know, most parents would do anything for their kids, right? You'd even lay your life down. Well, he did, didn't he? Jesus did. He t- took care of that. But my point is that God influence or that God factor into your life, injected into your life, into every area of your life. Not just because, you know, a lot of times it's kind of sad, but even Christians, they just want to keep God in the spiritual realm. I go to church on Sunday, you know, God, but then they become Monday through Saturday. They are the gods of their lives. And I don't know if you've noticed, but we don't do such a good job in being the God of our own lives. And God will leave you because, you know, I mean, he doesn't leave you, but he just said, okay, you want to run, you want to run your show? We'll run it into ground. I still love you. I'll see you on Sunday. And there's a lot of Christians like that. I'll see you on Sunday, Lord. You know, love God, heaven bound. But their real life, the everyday, paying bills, putting up with the kids, trying to get your wife to submit, you know the, the, the drill. You know, you see that amen coming from louder? He's like, amen, amen. Um, that, we say, you know, God, I'll figure this out. And God says, fine, I'll be here on Sunday. But, he, but, but, but then you can make a choice, say, you know, I don't want to just have a, a God on Sunday. I want him every day. I want him in my money. I want him in my marriage. I want him in helping me raise my kids. Because guess what? When that influence injects itself into there, you're going to see the benefit. Your kids start behaving better. Your marriage is better. Your finances are better. Your health is better. Can I hear an Amen. Your living is cleaner. Your mind is cleaner because you don't watch as much trash as you used to watch. So that, that, that is really where we're at. And I think 
you know, we're going to be on this for a while, so I, just, I encourage you to keep coming to church, and if for some reason you can't make it, make sure you get online. You really don't want to miss it because they're all connected, but we have to have, and I know I use this phrase a lot, we have to have a working understanding. That means when you leave the building, do you know what to do with the information? That's all I preach. That's all I've ever preached for years because I'm a very logical person. Everything's got to, you know, that's just the way I'm wired. And when I came to the things of God, it was exactly the same. So if this word promises something, then show me, God, what am I supposed to do to obtain that promise? And a lot of believers just choose to live below that. Again, God loves you. You're still going to heaven. But you, you say, you know what? For example, in the area of healing, the things that I will, you know, some of the things we'll share today about healing and about how do you confront the situation of COVID and how do you, and all these things that we all need answers, God has a way. But it's amazing. God doesn't stutter or even leaves a lot of great. He basically says, you know, the evil one can touch you not. I mean, that's a pretty blanket statement because that includes everything the devil, everything, everybody say everything? Everything the devil does, everything. And Jesus just basically, he can't touch you. You know, he's like, MC, can't touch this. I know you guys were thinking of that. I know I could feel somebody thought about it. So let's go, in, let's go ahead into this, and I'll start with this with the title, and I'll share a little funny story. So Kaden and I have this ongoing joke, because, you know, life sometimes can get boring. So when I come up to a drive-thru, we give funny names. Anybody does that? Come on, raise your, you know, y'all, no, just make it fun. So we come up to Chick-fil-A, H, you'll like this one, H-H. And the guy says, name for the order? I go, Darth. He said, Garth? No, Darth. Oh, you mean Darth, like Darth Vader? That's what, the guy was a Star Wars fan. <laughs> Complete fail. He, he, I mean, the whole line, he sat there for like five minutes talking, have you watched The Mandalorian? It's so good. And he says, you know, The Mandalorian fits here inside the trilogy. And, and he's going all Star Wars freak. I'm like, the one guy that knows everything about Star Wars. And I had to say Darth, right? What is the point? We are not of this world. That's the only point in that story. But that happened this week. I thought it was hilarious because of all the people. Because I say things like that, you know? And I'll say funny names. They never get it. One time I just say Skywalker. They, okay, order for Skywalker. You know, it's like, next time I'll just say Skyler. What a weird name. But anyway, the Bible, Jesus said, guess what? You're not part of this world. That's why I use that little story because Star Wars, you know, you get it. And, you know, he means exactly that. And and we're going to talk about that because... The kingdom of God is, is not part of the kingdom of the world. And the more you understand your citizenship and your rights and your privileges and the boundaries that the citizenship has, because it has boundaries, you just begin to work your life into that context. So, you know, somebody, I remember the, the conversation, and I was even having it, I think Michelle said this yesterday, Michelle and I were talking, it says that the CIA supposedly said that aliens are real, and I'm like, of course they're real. There's, there's, there's people in outer space. It's called God. They're out there, right? And I, and I don't know if there's life on another planet, but I know one thing. If there is, Jesus is their Lord. Mm-hmm. So if, if they find it, there's still Jesus is their redemptor because he's the one that still created all of it. But Jesus did make a statement that says, you are not of this world. You are not of this world. And that is a very simple statement, but very profound. And the idea says, okay, if you're not a part of this world then you need to find out what world you're part of. Remember last week I said a lot of people get in trouble because when they go to another country, they think they're in America, and they, want to, they think American laws apply to them, and they don't. Like I, I tell people, if you go to Cuba and you get in trouble, you're on your own. 
because we don't even have an embassy there. It's not like call the embassy. No, you don't get that. It's done. Everything shut down. We used to have one little office that represented the U.S. government. They shut that down about three years ago. So when you go to Cuba as an American citizen, you better know what's going on. Because if you get arrested, it's going to be a mess. Now, if you got arrested in Ukraine, well, yeah, there's an American embassy, and you know, maybe you, they, they could help you. But you have to know the laws of the land that you're in. Well, when you talk about kingdom of God, it's the same thing. They have their own. The kingdom of God set things up. And the more you dig into it, like I said, it's like mining for gold. The more you mine this thing, I mean, and, and I says, Pastor, how do you study? I'll tell you, my, my, my form of study is super easy. Usually it's a word search. That's how I start. I have an idea, kingdom of God. I'll put it into the computer, kingdom of God, hit search, and see, and, and all, every scripture that has that phrase. And then I'll just dig in. And I'll read not just the scripture, I'll, I'll, I like to see the context, right? Because you've got to read context. Where did he say? I want to read a little bit above. I want to read a little bit below. And that's how all this stuff begins to do. But as you do that, guess what? The Holy Spirit gets involved. And he begins to show you. And he begins to see this. And you begin to see that. And you begin to see this. So I encourage you, you know, I said this last week, do, do your own studies on this. Because you have to know the system. You, you have to understand how the system works. So let's go right into it this morning. So we're going to, we, we're still in our series called First Things First. So, you know, this is our jumping off scripture. I'm not going to spend a lot of time, but it is where everything starts. It's seek first, everybody say first, the kingdom of God and his righteous and all these things shall be added to you. And we know that all the things that he refers to is everything that you need in everyday life. That's why I'm saying you have to have a working understanding of how does this transfer into that world. Because here in church, we can be all spiritual and it's nice and we get the fuzzy feeling and the presence of God is awesome, but it has to transfer into your everyday activity. So I just use that just to introduce it. So let's keep going. We're going to read quite a bit of scripture this morning, and, um, but we're going to be pulling something out. So first of all, let's go to Luke chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, if not, I'll, uh, we can just follow on the screen. I do recommend if you have a Bible or iPad or iPhone, you know, with the Bible app, you can actually highlight things, which is kind of cool. So Lord, verse 1 says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So what's going on here? Let me just introduce. So Jesus, this is at the point of his, the height of his ministry. He's got over 100 people working under the Jesus Evangelistic Association. That's, I'm just joking with you. But people just think it was him and the 12. No, there was a lot of people involved in his movement. And here we see that there's 70 that are getting sent out to preach. And then he gives them some instructions, which, by the way, are, are the instructions for you today. This has not changed. So Jesus is about to send out 70 ministers. And he's sending them two by two. He says, just go out. You're going to hear things here that are still applicable today. If you're a Jesus follower, which most of you are, if you're watching me online, and you're a Jesus follower, this will apply to you. He says, he told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Does that apply today? Say amen. You guys can say amen. Because, right, sometimes they have to do everything because the harvest is plentiful, but the, the people don't want to work. That's what it says, basically. But the workers are few. Then he says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Well, thank you, Jesus. Can I take a gun with me? <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. But think about the circumstances today. Now, again, I'm not, gonna, I don't, I, I'm not touching politics. The only politics I care about is the kingdom of God. But I'm going to tell you what's going on in that world. We're about to move into a new season where they're going to begin the attack on Christianity like you've never seen it before. I'm letting you know right now, so in the next four years, don't get surprised. Or from now on. 
Why? Because for the system that is about to set itself in place, you have to have three factors for it to work. One of them, the main one, is you can't have a god. The god is atheism of that system. I'm talking about socialism, which America has adopted and will begin to move in in the next four years. I'm not talking communism, Cuba, but it's the beginning. And so one of the things is you cannot have athe- you cannot have free thinkers. I've been revisiting that book. Boy, it is creepy. I read it when I was a kid, but it's creepier than ever. 1984? Has anybody been revisiting that thing? You've got to go read that thing. Man, it's like you're reading the newspaper. And one of the things they do is the thought police, right? You can't think. You can't think on your own. So atheism has to be set in. You have to control the media, and you have to control the guns. Those are the three things that every socialist system through history, you, go, you study this. I'm not giving you my opinion. This is, a, this is a fact. Every one of them has to do those three things. You've got to have atheism in place. You've got to control the media, and you've you got to control the guns. And I, I'm not going to talk about that. But my point of that, that simple system is we are walking into that. We are walking into a place where this is not going to be, you know, business as usual. We are, the Christianity will face a challenge in the one nation that you would have never thought would face a challenge. It is this nation. And more than ever, Christians, you better grab onto what you believe because I'm even seeing it at our level. And again, I'm not going to expound on any of this, but people that were with us for over 20 years one day got mad and left the church just because of offense. They were offended. Well, the Bible's very clear that says, you will be offended, right? And you're thinking, wow, this person, you know, these people have been in ministry with us, they've traveled with us, they've done life together for over 20 years, and one day they got offended, and they left the church with a text message. I'm down. So you find out, you say, wow, that was, they weren't very deep. Right? There, was, there wasn't a whole lot of meat in there. Because if that's your level of Christianity, you need to get over it, because this is not about me, church. This is not about faith way. This is about where we're going with this thing. And you have to understand that your faith has to be very focused. It's not about being perfect, but you've got to understand what you believe, and you've got to really understand how the kingdom of God works. Because if you do, you will have success. This is not a fear-filled message. Am I afraid of what's coming down? Oh, I'm actually really excited. Because you know what's also one of the characteristics of every socialistic government? The church is thriving. Glory to God. You go to Cuba, you, they're packed out. You go to Ukraine, they're packed out. You go to Mexico, they're packing out because people, they don't have the, the, the God government. Hello. All right. So let's keep reading. So I'm just saying that. So that's, that doesn't apply to us. Yes, it does apply to you because we are going to move into a time where the system wants to do away with every voice. They're, they're already trying to, every, anything that's a conservative voice, I mean, really, you know, the, the First Amendment of our Constitution is starting to mean nothing. Are you kidding me? And nobody does anything about it. You know, it's just like, yeah, whatever. So that is happening. Just, I, I don't want to spend too much time, but it's right there. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter in a house, first say, peace, say unto this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. I love that one. Someday I'll preach you on that one, but not right now. Stay there, eating and drinking, whatever they give you, for the workers deserve his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter in town, are welcome. Eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick. Now pay attention because we're here. We're going to get into the meat. Heal the sick who are there and tell them. Tell them. So, so from, from Jesus' perspective, it should be completely normal 
for us to walk into a house of sick people and pray for them and have everyone healed in that house. That's what Jesus is saying. He's not stuttering on this. He says, go to the house. If they receive you, you hang out with these people. You speak that peace. That's the blessing. If they don't want the blessing, you take the blessing back. He says, as you are there, heal them. Now, remember, this is a society, first century people. They had no medicine. Very, I mean, if, you, if they were doctors, you had to be rich to have one. So, I mean, people were dying left and right of every nasty disease you can think of. So there was a lot of sickness and disease during, these, during this time in history because, you know, medical science hadn't developed really to a significant point. So there was always, sick, you know, nasties, a lot of sickness everywhere. So one of the things that he says is heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Let that sink in because Jesus is saying, Heal them and let them know that the reason they got healed is because that's what's supposed to happen. Everybody say supposed to. In the kingdom. Now, does sickness and disease attack? Yes, it attacks all of us. But I'm telling you, the more you know your covenant, the less you'll get sick. And I know sometimes with Christians, I say this and they're like, yeah, pastor, he's one of those. What do you want me to tell you? We don't get sick. Amen. We've been exposed to everything. Are you kidding me? You're going to travel to nations? <laughs> Who knows what bugs are everywhere? You sit in an airplane flying overseas for, you know, 10 hours enclosed. You better believe some of this stuff. Eat who knows what everywhere. Sometimes you just would look at it and just close your eyes and pray for it, man. Okay, Jesus, bless it. You know, but when you understand the kingdom of God, you know, healing is one of your kingdom of God rights. Think about if somebody, well, I know they're doing it now, but in, in a weird way, just somebody trampled on one of your everyday rights here, everyday rights. You know, let's say you want to go get gasoline. Let's just use a really silly illustration. Laudo, you drive up, you're about to fill your tanks. Oh, no, you can't have gas. Why? Because we don't sell to you. I mean, are you just going to drive off? No, you're going to call Kathy, right? I know what you're going to do. She's going to go all caring on them and, you know. That's a problem when you sit in the front row, you see, that's a problem. No, most of you are like, are you kidding me? Talk to the manager, right? Oh, come on, ladies, don't look at me like, oh, pastor, I don't know, you guys are the worst. I know women are like that. So, because I have a right, I have money, you would be so upset for somebody stopping you. Well, guess what? Healing is in your right. So why do you put up with it? Now, I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. Go to the doctor, take the medicines, pray for the medicine like you pray for your food. I've always said that. I believe doctors receive their wisdom from God. I believe that science, God opened the world of medical science for them to discover these things because he loves humanity. But for covenant people, that was for people that don't know it. Covenant people grow. You know, you don't, this is not going to happen in one service. The more you think about it, the more you process it, the more you consider it, guess what happens? Your faith begins to grow. I said, Pastor, but those are big statements, you know. No, you know, why don't you get the flu? Because I don't believe for it. Because last time I checked, all those nasty sicknesses is part of that system. It's not part of this system. Now, what, do I get sick? Yeah, I get sick here and there. Amen? Last night I got intoxicated. I had food poisoning, but it was called Oreo cookies. 
I woke up this morning and my stomach hurt. And I was like, ah, well, Sunshine here brought a bunch of Oreos and we're trying to watch a movie. And I'm sitting there like, wow, like chips, man. Double stuff. No, not good for you at night. That's on me. That's not on God. God's like, you're on your own now, dude. <laughs> no, the kingdom of God, this idea of walking into a house and saying, be healed, and now the kingdom of God is here. It's, it's so simple that we try to make it way more complicated. He goes on to say, then he talks you know, about people not receiving this. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time, but there is an attitude about people not receiving this. And, and here, I want to encourage you, you should be inviting people to, to church and so forth. But it's not just really inviting, it's really more sharing your story to people of what's going on in your life. People will be attracted to your church because they are attracted to your life. If you haven't gotten banned, tweet it. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> tweet it. Really, that, that is the truth. People are not attracted to church. They're attracted to you. We hear that these stories, you know, right now, a lot of new people have come to church from one lady from our church. She's doing such a great job in Laredo, just in her office. I mean, she's getting like the whole office saved right now. There's about six people from her office and going to church right now. One person. One person. Everybody say one person. And you know what they, the, the whole story is? She's not out there trying to, you need to repent. Jesus is coming. She's not doing that. They just begin to say, how come you're never mad? How come nothing phases you? How come when bad news comes down the pipe from the government, it just doesn't seem to bother you? See, people notice that. Because you know what? The kingdom of God is growing in you, and you're done worrying about it. Because the, and I'll show you all these. Everything I'm saying is scripture, by the way. It says the kingdom of God is within you. It also says the kingdom of God is a seed. And, and the kingdom as a seed, like everything else, has to be watered and nurtured and taken care of, and weeds need to be taken out for that plant to grow. So you begin to see this, but it does say, if what happens if they reject you? Now, I've always said to this, if you've been rejected, like in the last few years, somebody you invite, and they're like, nah, you're stupid, you're a religious freak. You know, I would revisit them again because things have changed. After COVID, a lot of things changed. Uh-huh. They might be listening to you now. Thank you for your excitement on that one. But nonetheless, it does give an exhortation. In other words, don't waste your time. I know it's hard, but you can't really waste your time a lot on people that don't want it. You know that. I mean, raising kids, you know that. <laughs> and if they don't want to do it, you can preach to them, you know, every day for 10 hours. Nothing's going to change. So he goes on to say, he says, heal the sick, tell them that the kingdom of God is near you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe as our feet as warning to you. Yet, yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. And I think this is so significant because Jesus is telling the people, you don't want it, but it was available to you. That's basically what it says. says I came and I gave it. You know, here it is. Y'all want it? No, we don't want it. All right, fine. I'm just letting you know it was this close. And that's, that kind of breaks my heart because it's like so sad. How many of you, don't raise your hand, but how many of you know at least three people that should be in church this morning? That their life is an absolute wreck. I mean, there's not one thing in their life that is going their way. Anybody know those people? Guess what? We all were those people, and we came to Jesus, and we all came with a bunch of issues, and we still have a lot of issues, but we came to Jesus, and Jesus began to fix some of this stuff and manipulate in a good way our life. But it's amazing that even the people that were rejected, you were still supposed to tell them, okay, you don't want it, that's fine. But let me just say one thing. The kingdom of God was really close to you. All right? So that's, that's an interesting, I don't want to spend time. I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day for Sodom than 
for the town. And, and I got to thinking, well, he answers a question there. It says, Sodom, he's referring to Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember what happened to them? You know, it's like chicken fried steak, nothing left. Everything got fried in Sodom and Gomorrah. But he says, for those people, it could have been even worse. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethesda. For in the miracles that were performed to you have performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented a lot ago sitting in sackcloth and ashes. And what Jesus was saying, because, you know, we only get, let me tell you about the Gospels to help you. We, we have five Gospels that cover three and a half years of the life of Jesus. And a little tiny bit that talk about his childhood. But, but mainly, it's the three and a half years of ministry. But you know what that is? It's a snapshot. Because John said, if everything that Jesus did during those three and a half years, if we were able to put it on paper, I know it's an analogy, but he said every book in the world would be filled with it. So we only have a snapshot. We got a three and a half year, very condensed, five gospels. Some of them say the same stories of something that was amazing. So he went to other cities, and he mentions them. And these cities, he did miracles. He did signs and wonders, but they rejected him. Well, that still happens today, even in church. Not, of course, not you. You guys are awesome. But there are people that come to church. Their life is a wreck. They hang around here for a little bit. Their life gets a little bit better. And once their life gets a little bit better, boom, you never see them again. Right? I'm not judging them. I'm just saying, Jesus dealt with the same thing. So I don't even worry about stuff. I said, Jesus dealt with it. I can deal with it. So he says, the miracles that I performed, it says, they, if I had done what, if I had done in Tyre and Sidon what I did in Chorazin and Bethsaida, these towns would have repented. But you guys were like, oh yeah, whatever, okay? And then he goes on, it will be more bearable for Tyre, Tyrene and Sidon at the judgment than for you. As for Capernaum, would you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. This is Jesus talking. Are you serious? This is lovey-dovey Jesus. You remember the picture? Of the Viking Jesus with the lamb? Some of you don't get that joke. Jesus was not Wero, all right? He probably looked like you. Así un poquito morenito, right? Middle Eastern people. So I always joke that the Viking Jesus, blonde hair, blue eyes. That's my joke. Because when I grew up, they had these pictures of the Viking Jesus with a little lamb hanging on from a cliff. Come on, somebody, talk to me. You see that picture in your Sunday school class? Now you got the picture? So we have this amazing, loving Jesus. And yes, he is love. But there's a side of him that is judgment. Don't ever forget that. He, he brings it up. It's all through the Bible. People, oh, Jesus is just about love. <laughs> yeah, till you get to the point of judgment, and then it's, not a, it's about you had a chance. Now we're going to have to find out if the blood took care of your crime or not. That's what he's referring to. So he says Capernaum, which was one of his hometowns, he did a lot of miracles there. He says, you will be lifted to the heavens? It's a question. He says, no, you're going to hell. That's exactly what Hades means. Well, he's talking to the upper regions of hell, but it's still the same thing. He says, you know, you're, you, know you guys think you're all spiritual? You think you, no, no, you're not. He said, and, you know, so to me, it's amazing. Why does the rejection, why are these words, well, back up? What did, what did this whole conversation start from? All these negative things, where do they come from? From rejecting the kingdom of God. Remember that. He said, it's available to you. You didn't want it? All right, let me take the kingdom back. Let me tell you what you did by. Judgment and curse. Not, God's not putting it on you. Come on, the world's already cursed. All right, let's keep going. So 
he, he, you know, he calls out Capernaum and then says, whoever listens to you, listen to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. But whoever re- rejects me, rejects him who sent me. In other words, if you reject Jesus, you reject God. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. So they went out, did their thing, and they're all excited now because they're casting out devils. They're doing the same things that Jesus, and he says this statement. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, what is he referring to? He's referring to back before there was creation. This is, a, this is the ejection of, of Satan from heaven. I have given you, pay attention because this is you. Look at somebody say, he's talking to you now. Because the kingdom of God has to have exercised authority. You can't just walk, oh, I'm part of the kingdom of God. No, he's given you a badge. He's given you a passport. He's given you an ID that says you're part of the kingdom of God. And that carries authority. Everybody say authority. All right? He replied, he says, I have, well, let me go verse 19. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Come on, he didn't stutter. Read that last line with me. Nothing will harm you. Say it again. Nothing will harm you. Do we need a 15-hour conference to expound on that? No. He just simply said, if you're within these boundaries, if you run it properly, if you manage it properly, if you live your life accordingly, nothing can harm you. End of story. So in my lightning-fast mind, I figured out that when stuff harms me, loud it's because I messed up. That's pretty much it. You, you have to accept responsibility. Because Jesus did everything. He took the cross. He beat the devil down. He took the keys from from Satan of hell, and basically he gave you the authority. So here, go, you do your thing now. But we're over here trying to figure everything out in our head or whining or, or living below or living in moral or living things, thinking that that's what we need. And then you wonder why the whole thing doesn't work for you. And, and I think that is a pretty big frustration for Christians is that sometimes maybe you see other people say, wow, how come everything just seems to go for them in the right way? And this other person that goes to church, just seems like their life doesn't ever go the right way. Because here's, here's the thing. You ready for this statement? I think this is a statement for all of us. We need to, you know, sometimes you need to look at the elephant in the room. You know what I mean, right? What is the elephant in the room? It's a thing that nobody wants to address, but it's very obvious to everybody else. And I think as Christians, we have to sometimes take a break and say, okay, what is the elephant in the room here? Why is my life not according to that? Because it's not according to what Pastor Box said. I, I, you know, this, I'm just, remember what I told you? I'm the UPS guy. I'm bringing you a package this morning. Hopefully you'll sign for it. But at the end of the day, I still love you if you do any of it. I'm not going to lose any. If you don't do any of it, I, you know, we're still friends. Don't run off and leave the church. I'm just saying, if you see this situation in your life where you say, how come those people just seem like everything kind of, you know, they have problems, but they manage them, and they kind of just navigate through life, and when I have a problem, I just get buried under it. It could very well be that you're missing something that is very obvious. And because the devil, according to what I understand... The devil cannot just come into your house. He doesn't have permission, unless you gave him permission. Can anybody just walk into your house, Freddie? Let me just, Jerry, come on in, guys. I don't even know you. No, of course not. Man, I'm, you show up at my house, I don't know who you are. Mr. Smith and Mr. Wesson and a bunch of other misters are going to greet you. Not, 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 not shoot, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I've walked up to my house, 
I've had illegals show up in my house. I walk up with a gun in my hand. I'm not shooting. I'm just saying, well, you want, let's talk. You know, you're here, and we're, I'm here, and we're all friends, right? <laughs> and y'all need to move on your merry little way and get off my property. That's actually the, the way it works. And Christians, we just put everything on the devil. Se acabaron los amenes y aleluya. That's all right. That's all right. It's just the devil. No, honey, it was you. And the devil took every hook, line, and sinker, and the pole, and the reel, and you, and everything into the water. Because he just needs about that much room to really mess you up. But he cannot just walk in. Because if he can, then that's not true. And you know what? I'm going to choose this as truth over your excuses. Come on, as a pastor, I've heard them all. I used to call it the list. I know that was very sarcastic. Because people would go to my office and, Pastor Box, I ain't talking. Okay, here we go. I go to church. I mean, I know the list. You tie, you go to church. And why my life is all messed up. And I'm like, keep talking, we'll find it. <laughs> keep going. You're not done yet. Yeah, you already told me how spiritual you are. Now tell me what really goes on at home. You already told me what you do in church. Do you want to talk about how you treat your wife? Uh, we don't want to talk about that. Okay, y'all don't want to hear this. Let's just go to something else. That's all right. I'll, I'll cut you some slack today because I'm in a hurry. So, however, do not rejoice. Listen to this. So it says, he replied, I saw Satan falling from heaven. I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice in the spirits that submit to you. Because they were excited. And I'm telling you, maybe you some have had this experience. Some of you have been on mission trips with me where we've had demon-possessed people. It is kind of exciting. And it's not like the exorcists don't, don't, you know, people's heads don't turn out and all that. But you see demon-possessed people, and they go into this thing. Man, you'll talk to the devil, and they're foaming at the mouth, spitting, flying. And I had one lady here try to gouge my eyes out once. It's, only, it's the only devil we ever had in the church, so he's gone down. Y'all are like, what the if you're concerned, he sits way in the back. No, just kidding. No, 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 no. Someone's like, I'm moving to the front. I'm moving to the front. No, no, no. The devil is an opportunist. But I like that last line. He says, don't just rejoice over the power. What you really should be super crazy, excited, jumping up and down, is that your name, your name is written in heaven. You see, from God's perspective, what does that even mean? That's called citizenship. I love, you know, I, I love this nation. I, really, I mean, I grew up, I, I was born in this nation. I grew up in Mexico, so I have a different take maybe than most of you do on, on everything regarding that. But, you know, this is this nation. I have a passion for it. I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud of the American flag. It bugs me a lot when people, you know, burn the flag and step on it and take a knee. It bugs me. Well, they're protests. Yeah, protest on something else. Don't protest on that flag. There's too much blood on that flag. There's way too much blood on that flag. Since over 200 years, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that died for that flag. And for you to take a knee because you think it's some kind of thing, you're a fool, and I'll say it publicly. I don't care if you delete me from Facebook. Please. Because it's not right to dishonor this nation. But guess what? As much as I love this nation, I'm more excited about that. Because casting a devil out is pretty exciting. 
But the reason you were able to cast it is because you have an authority that comes from a citizenship. So it's just one thing that this covenant gives you. So you're getting excited about one of the benefits, but there's thousands of benefits. So Jesus is basically saying, yeah, that's really exciting, but what you really should be excited is that you get to, you get to use the whole thing. You are a citizen of heaven. So he, he makes a, a complete statement. That, that doesn't mean, well, there's just this, you know, because we have a picture, the big old book, and you say, Jesus is coming to my heart, your name gets written down. I believe that's happening. But what's happening from God's perspective, it's basically you've become a citizen of the United States. You know, my wife, a couple years ago, she'd been here almost 30 years, just she didn't want to do it. She, was, she came in legally, legal residence through me and everything. But just a couple of years ago, she decided to become an American citizen. And she did it, and it was awesome. And she went and took the oath, and it was a great day for all of us. Amen? And she, and she went from being a Mexican citizen. Well, she has dual citizenship, but what I'm saying is she said, I wasn't born here, but I choose to be one of you. And that's exactly what we have to make a choice. You know, yes, we were born in, in a corrupt system. We were born in a broken system. We're bro- and now we're seeing the evidence of that system. But you know what? I'm going to make a choice to become part of another system, which is called the kingdom of heaven. And that's what that means right there. So Jesus is making that statement. Now, let's keep moving. I need to get something this morning. So let's look at Colossians 1.13, because there are two kingdoms that operate on this earth. And I want to give you this scripture just so you know that's what we're talking about. In Colossians 1.13, Paul writes, for he has rescued us, Pay attention now, from the kingdom of darkness. That is the name of that system. Why darkness? It's just because it's it's scary? No, because darkness is a place where you can't see what's going on. Darkness is a place of confusion. Darkness is a place that you don't know if there's a hole in front of you and you're going to step in it and fall down and break your leg. Darkness represents what? Dark things, right? Evil. Wickedness. Confusion. Not knowing. All these things are represented by something called darkness. So he says, he has rescued you from the kingdoms of darkness. Pay attention because this is your citizen. But he has transferred you into, well, us, it says, into the kingdom of God. So, the, the, so Jesus looks at you like, okay, I, I paid the price for you. If you want it, I got your new citizenship. That's what he's saying. Here's a new citizenship. Because the transfer is absolutely 100% complete. The more this grows in you, church, the more your faith locks into these ideas, you watch your life begin to change because it's still going to be about faith. Everything that God's going to deliver to you, remember this, faith doesn't create anything. Faith is the avenue that brings down what God created. In other words, you could say this, faith takes what grace made available. That's it. Grace made everything available to you. There's no price to it, but you still have to activate the faith. That's what we teach in this church, and you'll hear it. But, so he's saying, so the transfer is, according to Jesus, is, okay, you're, you, you, you were born in this kingdom, but I'm going to bring you to this kingdom. Okay, that's cool. That's nice. But the fact is, let's just talk about the facts. I'll, talk for my, I'll speak for myself. speak for probably most of you. Was our life perfect when we gave our life to Jesus? Everything just became... Perfect. Every promise became true. Everybody's got, you know, a billion dollars in the bank. And I don't know why they say healthy as a mule, but you're healthy as a mule. I don't know why mules are healthy or not, but maybe because they don't have any kids. That's why. No, it didn't happen like that. It began a process kicked in. And the more you learn about you see, because let me tell you something about my wife and I. We walked into the kingdom of God. She walked in seven years before I did. 
that we were sick, we were broke, we were a mess, our marriage was hanging by a thread. That's how we walked in. And, and if, imagine what my life would be if almost, you know, 20, whatever, 1992, you know, almost, almost 30 years, 18, you know, 28 years ago, if right now, 28 years later, my life was still in that situation, I don't think I would have lasted 28 years. <laughs> because when I came to God, I had this very simple conversation. I said, Lord, because we were so broke, we couldn't even pay attention. I'm telling you, we, we had nothing. And I remember standing in my little house in Miranda City, Texas, and I got my Bible, and I said, God, it was December 29, 1994. And we were going through a terrible, different situation. Financially, it was really, really bad. And I said, I said, Lord, this Bible promised me deliverance, and it worked a couple years ago. I'm, I'm, in, I'm two years in now. And I said, this board promises prosperity. And the little I have, Lord, you know I've tithed it. And we give the little we have, and we do what we can, and we're preaching Jesus best of our ability. And I, and I said, but if this word fails me, God, I told him, I have nothing else to grab onto. Because that world over there, I know it. It stinks, it's rotten, it's mean, it, 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 it's failed already. I know it very well. I've lived there for many years. So now I'm in your kingdom, and I said, I'm here, Lord. I've had that very simple conversation. Well, things began to change. One of our best absolute years up to that point was 1995. 94 was hard. Maybe some of you are thinking, man, 2020 was hard. Well, 21's coming. It could absolutely be the best year you've ever had. Because that's what happened. In 1995, I made more money than I had ever made our first time we ever bought a truck, new. We had never owned a new vehicle ever. All we owned was a bunch of junk that nobody else wanted. I mean, I want to talk about Walked into 95, I ended up with three jobs. I didn't even have a job. I ended up getting hired for one company, and then they hired me for another company, and then they let me do on the side translations, industrial translations, and made all this money. Ended up, I remember going to the Ford. We bought a Ford Ranger back then. <laughs> I think things have gone up in price. And it was brand new, and we were so excited. It cost us all of $11,000. But you know what a thrill it is when you got cash? And you're making the, the people at the agency cry instead of them making you cry? Because I said, I got cash. They wanted like 14000 I said, I'm going to give you $11,000 for it. Well, we can't do that. I said, somebody's going to take this money. No, no, Mr. Box, wait, 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 come here. Wait, 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 wait. We're going to talk about this. Somebody's going to take this money. I'm, somebody in Laredo is going to take this money for a vehicle today. So if it's not you, it would probably be the Paul Young. Somebody's going to take it. No, they, they worked it. We knocked up like $5,000 off that truck. Walked in, brand new truck. Never in our life had we owned anything like that. After having one of the worst years ever. Actually, the worst year was not because we were just being bad. It was the year we started the church. The devil was so mad. He threw everything he could at us. And we got through it. And glory be to God, I'm not going to tell you. I mean, so here we are today, right? But, but, the, but my point of this is there's a kingdom, and it comes down to, the, I put it in, you know, an, uppercase, but it does come down to your choice. And I think that's the biggest word. If you haven't gotten anything else about this message this morning, you've got to get this understanding. This is going to end up on your plate. The way God sees it, he says, I've, done, I've prepared a table before you, but I'm not going to force you to eat it. This is a delicious meal. All you've got to do is sit down and have covenant with me. But you don't have to. And, he, and you'll stand there with your whole life and say, do I make this choice or not? 
What I tell people, I tell you this morning, I tell my online church this morning, what do you have to lose if you decided to give God one year of your life? Because the year, guess what? The years are still going to go by. Remember that conversation, Liz, we had with Ed years ago? What a good guy Ed was. Ed came to me, I mean, just recently when, I guess he was just recently married. And he wasn't really doing nothing with his life, right? I mean, he was, he was bouncing around trying to get a job. And he came to me and said, Pastor, I want to be a nurse. And back then he was 40-something, I don't know. And I said, well, that sounds good. He says, he says but I'm, I guess he said 40 or 40, whatever the number was. You might remember Liz's conversation. <laughs> it was a long time ago. And he sat there, and I said, he said, I don't know. You know, I'm feeling old, and I don't know if you know, at 40 to, to start a nursing program. And I said, well, Ed, how old are you going to be if you don't? Remember that? <laughs> how old are you going to be if you don't go to school? And you saw the light come on him like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Your time is not going to stop. Remember that? And he enrolled, and he became a nurse. Glory to God. So what I'm saying is the clock's always been moving, always moving. You're going to be a year older next year. Guess what? Yeah. I tell my wife, you know, as we get older, I think we need to lie on the upper scale. So if somebody asks me, how old are you? I'm going to say 72. They would say, wow, you look so good. I'm like, I am. <laughs> I work out. Because if I say 55, they're like, ooh, dude, you look kind of beat up for 55, you know? <laughs> the clock's never going to stop. So I'm putting a challenge to you this morning. We're, we're still in January. This is, this, is the, this is the genesis of this year, all right? Meaning the first. Why don't you just make a decision right now? I'm giving him one year. All in. No, I'm not, no, no, I'm not going to put, and, and if this, my life is not absolutely revolutionized, then you can come and say, Pastor, I gave him a year and it didn't work. But you know what? It is going to work if you do your part. Say amen. That was a good amen. It will work if you do your part. All right. I've got to finish up today because I've got another church to go to. Ignorance of God's way or choosing, to f- choosing not to follow it does not exempt you of the consequences. That's, I know that's a hard word and people in church don't want to say this, but there is a blessing and there is a curse. And if you want to see what the curse, again, I keep saying this over and over, it's too much, but Turn on the news, you'll see the curse. <laughs> you know, your, your nightly news. Have y'all noticed what's up with these little COVID warnings that we used to use for Amber Alerts? What's up with that? You know what it is? More control, more fear. That's all it's about. And people just go into panic. And somebody asked me about that. It says, hey, did you get that alert? I said, yeah. What do you think? I said, well, it doesn't change nothing in my life. Do you think I'm going to change anything I'm doing because I got a, ah, COVID's out there. Yeah, it's been out here for a long time. Since February, it's been here. Thanks for letting me know, but yeah. (laughs) I'm not changing one thing because you know what? I've chosen not to participate in that. It's not my problem. If you get all worked up and because of the COVID, you know, God bless you. I respect you. I'm not knocking that. Everyone is a different place. But it doesn't change one bit what I'm going to do every day of my life. If I need to go to Laredo, I'm going to go eat. If I need to take my wife to eat restaurant, I'm going to take, I don't care. Because I've chosen the blessing side of this thing. I'm not stupid about it. I get it. You know, I do what I'm supposed to do. But at the end of the day, you're not exempt from it. So you can't just say, well, I didn't know about it. No, the curse is here. John 3, don't go there, but Jesus, when he talks about for God to love the world and all, so forth and so on, you know the scripture, 
at, if you keep reading it, he says, I didn't come to condemn the world. The world is already condemned. I came to rescue you. You know, Jesus and God's not your problem, church. He's the answer. So some people say, well, God's put, I heard people say that even the COVID was judgment from God. I said, come on. God did not do that. He did not go borrow some demonic thing to prove a point. When AIDS kicked in, everybody was, oh, it's because God's judgment. God did not do that either. This is, we're not in that dispensation. We're in a thing called grace. And now grace is about God's goodness. Grace is about how much he loves you. But it does come down to choices. And you as a parent, if you have older kids, you know this is true. Well, not even as a parent. You were, we were all kids. We are all teenagers. And I could have made a lot better choices in my life. How many can say amen? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you even as a parent, as your kids grow, they'll end up making choices that you probably don't like or you probably thought they could have done a better choice, but at the end of the day, they made a choice. Can I hear an amen? And they will reap the consequences of that choice, be it a good choice or a bad choice. And I think the sooner that we, that we grow up into this to say, you know what, whatever's broken in my life, there's a big possibility that I probably made some bad choices to end up at this place. And that's what I refer to to the elephant in the room, by the way. If there's something that everybody else sees in your life except you don't see it, maybe you need to talk to somebody that loves you enough to tell you the truth. Amen. To say, dude, you might not see it, but you know, you got to change this in your life. Because the reason things are breaking down is not because God's holding out, it's because you got one step in that darkness and you got one step in the light. And, it and you know, half of you is broken and half of you is blessed. It doesn't work that way. You're either all in or you're all out. And so, so choices becomes a very, a very important thing regarding kingdom of God living. Now, let, let me try to see if I can finish up. I've got to finish up here pretty quick. So Luke 4.38, let me just read some things here. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, laying his hands on each one. He healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them, and he would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. Even the devils were declaring. Isn't that crazy? What I thought up there, that, that first part of it, I was reading it this morning, I had my own little laugh with that. I said, you know, now I know that, that Peter, Simon, he's referring to Peter, by the way, if you don't know who Simon was. Peter was a man of God. Why are you laughing, Laura? Peter was a man of God. He actually took Jesus to heal her suegra. Come on, don't raise your hand. Of course, I would have done it in his heart because my suegra loves me more than she even loves her own daughter. So We're good there. But I said, he's a man of God, taking Jesus to the mother-in-law's house. Anyway, Moreover, demons were shouting. Let me, let me get to the next one. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. So in other words, ministry all day and all night. This is amazing. Je- you know, some of you are like, oh, it's, it's already 12. These people were in church till 6 a.m. We should try that. No, no, just kidding. I can do it. Some of you are like, yeah, we know you're probably good. Till 6 a.m., or whatever, you know, season, we don't really know what part of the year it was, but we can assume 5, 6, or 7 in the morning, what's daybreak's coming, 
Jesus did not stop ministering all night. I mean, he's praying for people. He's encouraging people. He's casting out devils. I'm imagining that he would teach a little bit and some more people would come. And they probably got torches and he has a prayer line all night. Isn't that amazing, the, the, the love that he had for people? And he said at daybreak, he's like, dude, time out. I need a break. He went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. He's trying to hide from the people now. He needs a break. Jesus was a man. He needs some rest. When they came to where he was, they found him resting. No, Ivan, they tried to keep him from leaving them. No one says, like, Jesus, please don't leave us. You know, you've come to our community. You've blessed our community. You've changed our community. Please stay forever with us. And he said, if you wonder what Jesus is about, this is a scripture. He said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also. Simple, simple statement, because that's why I was sent. So if you're a Jesus follower, because that's what the word Christian means, by the way, what do you think your commission is? Same one. It was about the kingdom. It's always been about the kingdom. It's not about anything else. You see, the way Jesus says it, he comes in, to a broken world where humanity is lost and has no hope unless you have a Jewish covenant, and that was pretty complicated in itself. He comes to this world that has people have absolutely no hope, and he rescues them with an invite. His mission was, to, was a rescue mission, and to bring people into this place where you could bring the kingdom of God, not just heaven, because some people say, well, we're going to heaven. No. Remember the Lord's Prayer. Most of you Know the Lord's Prayer. You've, you've been saying it since you were a little kid. Maybe you didn't pay attention to what you were saying. But you, maybe you should start. Because there's one little phrase that says, Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Come on, say it with me. On earth. On earth. Where? As it is. In heaven. Question. Do you think there's people broke in heaven? No. Do you think there's people sick in heaven? No. Do you think people fighting in heaven? No. Divorce? Drugs? No. Rebellion? No. Immorality? Nothing is in heaven. None of it. If you want to know what heaven's like, read the end of the book. book chapter Revelation, the last few chapters. It describes heaven as an amazing, beautiful place. No sickness, no disease, no tears. And there's always light because the glory of God illuminates the whole place. And God said, I want what's happening here, I want it down there. I want to take you back to Eden before the fall. I want to take you back where you and I can hang out in the cool of the day and talk to each other you have nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. That is the plan of God. So how does the kingdom grow? Because it's not about taking over nations and setting borders. It's about every individual person receiving it and saying, okay. And and we'll talk about this in the next few weeks. There's a lot in here that we can have to break down. But what I want you to leave this morning is understanding, this is the demand of the kingdom. That's why I wanted to show you this, what he said this is the reason I came. This is my purpose. I, don't have, you know, I didn't come here to make you feel good. I didn't come here to cast out devils. You know, that's part of it. I came for one reason. He came as an ambassador. He came as a representative of heaven itself and invited people. Do you want the citizenship? Do you want the citizenship? Do you want to, in your life, have days of heaven on earth? Now, we can live in a, listen to me, church, you can live in a messed up, broken, pandemic-filled world, but your house... And your family can still live kingdom of God. Amen. <laughs> That's how it works. The whole thing, it just, outside of you can be falling to pieces. 
And in your little system, your bills are getting paid. You got money in the bank. You're feeling good. Your kids are not running you crazy. Come on. And your little world might not be perfect, perfect, but it's way better than your neighbor's world. And not because you're all it. It's because you chose a different system. And now you carry the responsibility to go to your neighbor and just say, I got some good news. The kingdom is always about good news. That's why I have a problem with some of these doom and gloom preachers that, you know, that, you know what I'm talking about. You go to church and you're all scared. You were more scared when you lived with the church than when you came in. It's the end of the world. We're like, really? We already know that. It's in the Bible. But the kingdom of God was good news. And the good news was to the broke one and to the sick one and to the heartbroken one. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The, all the good news was specific to the, to the tired, to the homeless, to the broken, to the widow, to the orphan. I got some good news. You got God on your side now. And now, God on your side, you will begin to experience days of heaven on earth. Amen. I'm, I'm going to give myself an own offering. That's some good preaching right there. All right, let's finish this up. God sent Jesus to establish the kingdom. I'm going to have to go through these quick now, so let's finish this. John 18, 36 says, Jesus answered, my kingdom. Here you go. Simple statement. It's not an earthly kingdom. I don't need to expand on that. And that's, I think, what the problem with the church sometimes. We get program-driven, and all, you know, even Christians, we, we, we adapt a lot of things. And I'll be honest with you, I do have a problem sometimes. I don't have a problem with cutting the lights out and music and all that. But sometimes the church is kind of leaning and leaning and leaning, and it keeps leaning into the world. And I don't think we're supposed to be like the world. I think the world should be trying to look for us to say, so why is the church like obsessed to be like the world? No, I don't want to be like the world. The world wants to be like me. Come on, church. Jesus says, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. So if you're a follower of Jesus, the call here is you should be searching for that earthly kingdom. You should be on a track to discover what this is about. And that's what this whole series isn't, you know, focused to do. What is an ambassador? Well, you know what it is. It's a, it's a person in a country that represents that nation. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5.20. Read the first word with me. Oh, come on, church. Everybody together, read the first word on the screen. We. we. Say it again. We. There's like this delay in this church. Like, <laughs> coffee was watered down this morning? What happened, y'all? We. Look at your neighbor and say, You. Thank you. They're awake, Lord Jesus. We are ambassadors. Do you know that an ambassador, and that's why from anywhere, like you've heard these stories, diplomats, right? Diplomats. A diplomat can almost get away with almost any crime. Not always, but they have, they have such a blanket when they're in another nation because that ambassador, if he's driving his car to go visit Government business, that car, and him, and everyone in that car is the United States. You know that? And, and, it's, and it's dealt like that. And wherever he goes, it's United States. As long as he's within the framework of his job description. And for the most part, even they, that's why sometimes they get in trouble. Even the ones that come to America, we treat them the same way. So if you have an ambassador, let's say, of Russia, and we've had these stories where they're out there partying and they go and run over somebody or have a wreck, they're almost untouchable. Because as long as they were within their commission, they can't even be tried by United. I mean, yes and no, but it's kind of a gray area. But a lot of times they, they get some help because they're representatives of a kingdom. Well, listen, in that idea, this is what, this is what Paul Rose says. We, 
And you always say, so everybody here, you, us, we are ambassadors of the anointed one. And when he refers to the anointed one, he's referring to what the anointing does. That's another message for another time. But the anointing is specific to heal and to fix things. That's what the anointing is. The word Christ is not his last name. It represents his commission. The Christ means Messiah, which means the anointed one of God. So then you have to say, well, what's the anointing? It's the power of God to heal, to deliver, to set free, to make the wrongs right. That's what the anointing does. So he says, we are ambassadors of that anointing who carry the message of the anointed one. Let me just translate Christ to help you expound this. To the world, as though God were tenderly pleading with them, directing through whose lips? Our lips. And this is what really starts getting exciting, because if you make a decision this morning to say, you know what, I'm going to go there. He'll, put, he'll set you up in such situations in your life that you, you'll walk into some place not really saying, I'm, I'm not going to go preach, but you'll run into situations. Because you know what? You've made yourself available. And one of the beautiful things about, what, about restoration, let me just tell you, at least in my life, has been the things that the devil used to destroy me, now I can use them to help other people. Really, think about it. My experience, you know, being in the world and doing everything I did, my experience, you know, next month my wife and I will celebrate 35 years of being married. Glory to God. Yeah, I got one there, right? You know, we should have been divorced a long time ago. But the kingdom of God got involved. Are you tracking? My life is full right now. My kids serving God. Got, you know, three beautiful grandbabies, another one on the way. Glory to God. We're healthy. We're fine. Because we carry something very special, church. And you, and you have to really, this, I'm going to close with this. You have to value it. Jesus gave his, Jesus laid down his life for which he gave you now. And for us to just walk around like a bunch of undercover Christians, you know, nobody knows that you're a Christian except when you come to church. What are you doing with the message? Because here's how it works. If you're not doing nothing with the message, the message is not going to do nothing with you. Simple principle. We, and here he says, so, so Paul is calling you an ambassador. We are ambassadors of, of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. That's the only message we need. And that usually happens by people observing your life. And looking at your marriage and looking at how your kids are behaving and looking at these different things that are going on in your life. And now they're attracted, you know, like, a, like, like the bugs to a light bulb, you know. They're just like, well, hey, what is it? I want some of this you got. Oh, you want some kingdom? Let me tell you how it works. And now you begin to share Jesus. And not in some weird preachy way, but your life becomes your biggest testimony. Isn't that cool? People want to know. I mean, come on out there. Just think about like the Sember alert we got a few minutes ago. How many people just are already in fear as it is, and now this thing is thrown in your face? It just fuels that fear. It fuels all that negativity. And here you are with the light. Here you are with the answers. And you run into this person. And instead of just smile, even just a smile, or saying, hey, you're going to have an amazing day. Something as simple as that. And they say, well, why do you think I'm going to have an amazing day? Well, I don't know about you. I know I'm going to have an amazing day. Now, you don't want to. That's fine. Well, how do you know you're going to have an amazing day? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you why. And now you have an opportunity to tell somebody what's happening in your heart. Are you here this morning? Glory be to God. 
He says, turn back to God and be reconciled to him. 2 Peter 1, verses 2 and 4, may the grace and perfect peace cascade over you. This is my last scripture. You live in the rich knowledge of God, of Jesus our Lord. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. You let that sink in. I don't have time to preach it. Let that sink in. Everything you need to make your life good is already in you. Everything. You need health, it's in you. You need money, it's in you. You need your marriage to be better, it's in you. You need a marriage to the right person, it's in you. I mean, what are you missing? Don't, don't, don't raise up your hand, but think in your head. What, what, what areas of your life right now aren't completely full? Because if you can identify it, trust me, there's a promise to fill it. If you can say, well, in this area we need help, trust me, there's a, there's a promise right here that will fill that need. Now, you might have to do, like I told you, you might have to go digging. You may have to go, you know, dig a hole and dig some of this stuff out and let it talk to you, but it's amazing how this works. Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. I know there's a lot of words here, but here it is. As a result of this... He has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership. Everybody say partnership. partnership. On my notes, I know I'm reading off the, the screen, but on my notes I have it like in bold and underlined because that little word is everything that we talk about in the church about covenant. God will do his part if you do his part. If you've ever been in partnership with anybody, if you had a business and you had a partner, what, what was the success of the business or what was the downfall of the business? Very simple. The success was every partner did their part. The downfall is somebody didn't do their part. Right? Every, I don't care if you, you and your friend decided to go make some money on a certain deal. If it worked, it was because both of you did your part. I'm talking legal. I know we're in heaven. Legal. 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 Look, I know some of you have some partners that we don't want to talk about. <laughs> Only in heaven. People watching online like, what's going on in heaven? Oh, you don't even know. I'm not going to talk about that. You can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped. Beam me up, Scotty. Trek. Star Trek. No, you guys don't even get that. I mean, beam me up, Scotty. That's what Jesus did. We don't have to participate in a broken world anymore. Right there. By which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. And the idea of corrupt desire means everything that is broken, not just what you want. I escaped the corruptive desire that the world wants me to get COVID. I escaped that. I escaped the corrupt desire that the world wants me broke. I escaped the desire that says, oh, yeah, I know, all, 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 all kids are messed up. No, I don't accept that. Do you see where we're going with this? We've escaped some things. In other words, we're not participating in it. So when I say, I, I really wanted to use this message because I use a phrase that I know people weren't connecting to. When I say, I, don't, I just chose not to participate in it, that's where I get it from. Thank you very much, right? That's it. I, you know, my kingdom doesn't have COVID, so no, I'm not going to believe for it. My kingdom has health, so I'm going to believe for that. My kingdom doesn't have poverty or lack or dissension or strife or division or divorce, so I'm not going to believe for it. I'm not signing something I didn't order. I'm not signing something that God didn't give me. 
And he didn't give me brokenness. He didn't give me sickness. He didn't give me these things. Much to the contrary, he gave me the way out of these things. Amen? Did you get something out of it this morning? Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap. He deserves one. (laughs) Glory to God. Go ahead and stand with me. And um, as you know, we have a 1 o'clock in Laredo. And we're we're seeing if this is going to work or not, but we're, we're, we're trying it. And last Sunday, just as a praise report, there was a lot of people in Laredo Church. It was almost full. Glory to God. But this morning, I, I want to encourage you. You know, I'm not, I'm not in such a hurry that I don't want to make sure that you leave this building blessed. And because of, you know, all the social distancing, I, I really miss the prayer lines now, you know. We're not doing it. I don't have nothing, but out of respect to you, I'm not going to do it. But I do want to pray for you this morning. I really do. And I want you to bring up the biggest area of your life that you need help right now. To some, it might be as simple, I need to pass a test at school, and other ones might be, I need to pass a test that they took because there's cancer in my body. So everyone's at a different place. Some of you might say, man, I don't have enough money for the light bill. The other person says, you know, my marriage is crumbling. I don't know any of that. But the Holy Spirit knows every one of them. And I'm just asking you, make a choice this morning. You don't have to understand a a lot of it yet. You'll you'll learn a lot. You know, stay with the series, keep coming. We're going to be on this for a while. You know, I'm meaning probably into mid-February or so at least because there's just so much meat I need to give you because I, I want to launch into 21 where your mind is really on track of this kingdom, kingdom of God. Kingdom. I mean, every time you look around, you're thinking kingdom of God. So this morning, I know by the grace of God, miracles are going to come forth, and I believe it. So please, every, every eye closed, every, just bow your heads out of respect to the Holy Spirit. If you're with your husband, your wife, just hold their hand. But I want to pray for you. But the very first prayer, if you're watching me online, you're part of this. Remember, you're not exempt. You're, you're part of our church. You're the upper tier of this building. You do the same thing at home. But we're going to have a corporate faith here where we're going to believe God for each other. You ready? And we're going to believe God for miracles, signs, and wonders. And I really, really expect, because from what I'm understanding, it should just happen. In other words, I came here this morning understanding the kingdom of God. I came into this house. You came in. I said, you know what? The kingdom of God is at hand. You are blessed. So now we need that blessing to manifest in different areas of your life. So everybody pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. I repent of all my sins, and I give you my life today. And by doing this, I know that my name is written in the book of citizenship of heaven. I am a child of heaven. I'm not part of this world anymore. Amen. Now that's your prayer. And I pray that because maybe there was somebody watching me online. Maybe there's somebody here in the building that had never given their life to Jesus. Well, now we're all part. According to what I understand, every one of us is part of the citizenship. That's all it takes. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to file paperwork. You just got to bring Jesus into your life. So with that in mind, as as your pastor, I want to pray for you. So I want you to bring into the front of your, your thinking the biggest mountain you know, it may, might not even be a mountain. It could be a dream also. Maybe just a dream. Not everything is problems, right? Maybe you and your wife or you by yourself are believing for something. Maybe some younger people think about college and all these things. You know, whatever. So, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, whatever eats up most of your thinking during the day. What is it? Whatever that is, bring it up. Father, we thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And, Lord, I prayed so much for this service this week, even before I took stage, Father, the Holy Spirit, great, wonderful Holy Spirit, that you were going to manifest kingdom 
manifestations of kingdom among this church. Father, for those that still don't quite understand it, for those that maybe don't see it completely clear, I pray, God, right now that you perform a miracle that is so amazing this week that, they won't have, that, they, that they'll see it. They'll say, that's exactly what Pastor was talking about. That, Father, where doors are closed, doors will be open. Where there's doors that need to be closed, they will be closed in protecting us. Father, for those that need work, for those that have gotten a bad doctor's report, for those that are struggling in their marriage or, or their kids are running from God, Lord, we could go down a list, Father, of so many things that the darkness can throw at every one of us. And, and Father, it has thrown it at all of us. We've all been here in some form or fashion. But, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I believe with all my heart, Father, that by the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, miracles are being released now into every family. Come on, raise one hand to heaven. Miracles are being released now into every circumstance and every health situation, Father. And, Father, I pray specifically right now for those that, have, that did come under the attack of COVID and, Father, still struggling with symptoms and they're still dealing with it, even though they're, they're, they've been tested negative and all that, Father. I pray for an absolute complete washing of the, of, by the blood of Jesus that COVID did not leave any damage, COVID did not destroy anything, that, Father, we are better, we are healthier, and, Father, we take a Holy Ghost flu shot right now that covers every nasty bug out there in the name of Jesus. We don't participate in any form of flu, any form of COVID, any form of anything else. We thank you that by the blood of Jesus, we were healed. So healing goes forth into every home. Father, for those that need a job right now, this very week, open opportunities. Father, I don't care if people say, well, there's no, nobody's hiring. You will create a job. This is the God we serve. And Father, that for that person, they will find it. For those that have their businesses, I speak blessing and life over their business. Father, give people witty ideas. Father, show them what kingdom is about. And Father, the last thing I pray is that every one of us take this really, really serious this morning and be a light into darkness. We're not, we're not designed to hunker up in our house and lock ourselves down with the Jesus. No, we were out there to be the light of the world. We are called to be salt. We were called to be the city on the hill. And Father, I pray that Faithway is entering into that new realm in Jesus' name. And I give you glory and praise, Father, for your goodness and your kindness and your mercy. And all the things that you do for us, God, we are eternally thankful in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Do you think he deserves another hand clap this morning? Come on. Woo, that was good. That was real good. You may be seated for a moment. I'm about to turn this over to Kathy. And again, I, I, I do want to say this because some people think, you know, that's why I'm trying to figure this thing out. I'm, I'm asking God to help me with it. I do... Normal Sundays, I'll stay and people talk to me. But here's the thing. If you need to talk to me because of right now my new schedule, we're trying to sort this out between two campuses, um, just schedule with Kathy an appointment and I'll, I'll make it. You know, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll kind of check dates. Out. But if, you, if there's something you absolutely have to talk to me, we are available. You know, a lot of that gets dealt with Sunday after church. But right now, is, is, you know, and, I, and I know you guys understand what we're trying to do with Laredo. You know, I'm not, I'm, right now I'm in that season where I'm believing that that campus, that campus has been attacked on every side that you can imagine. But, but you know, and you guys would have been blessed because I know you guys have been a big part of that is last Sunday there was lots of people. You know, I'm like, we showed up and we showed up late. You know, everybody's like that awkward moment because praise and worship's over and I'm not there yet. You know, and I, I say, well, tell them a joke or something, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, 
And then I walked in, everybody clapped. I'm like, no, 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 don't, I hate that. You know, Jesus is the only one that gets honor here. You know, don't be clapping. But, you know, there was um, probably like 20-something people in the building. So I'm like, what? <laughs> y'all, gave them, y'all paid them to be here? What did y'all do, you know? But anyhow, it's, it's, it's working. And we just have to believe that what we do is to better the kingdom, you know? That's what we do, what we do. I don't, you know, it's, 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 it's sometimes even hard on our family because, you know, I, I, I have my regular job like most of you do in my own business. And so I got to get up tomorrow and do my stuff. And, and we, were, we, were, we would start our day Sunday at 8 and get home 9.30 at night. <laughs> Sunday was awesome. 8 in the morning, come here, run to Laredo, get a bite to eat, go to the church. Now with a new schedule, it's a lot better. So y'all pray for the Laredo work. And, and the things that you can help us there, if you know anybody in Laredo or if you happen to not be able to make it to this service and you're there, you know, now it's at 1 o'clock. So it's, you guys know where it's at, 800 East Man Road. So again, thank you guys for understanding. If you do need um, to talk to us, you can schedule this with, with Kathy. And Monique and I, will. we are here for you. Amen? All right. Well, Miss Kathy? It's all yours, and we'll see you all, I guess, Wednesday. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. How many of you guys received a good word this morning? Amen. So we're going to go ahead and move into the next portion of the service, which is our offering. And, you know, just as, you know, we do in praise and worship, our offering is also a form of worship. So just this, the same way, I just want to share just a little piece. The same way that, that you receive good reports and your immediate response is just to go and say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. This is where we also sow back and you show him and you, you pay him back also for all the good work that he has done. So worship is just a, a, a work of our worship in honor of the Lord. So if you want to turn to Proverbs 3, 9, it says, glorify God with all of your wealth. This is a TPT version. And it says, honor him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. And the second portion of this says, then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. And I just want you to, you know, Press in on the first part of it. Honor the Lord and glorify him with all of your wealth. Honor him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. This is the first fruits. You know, and in our personal lives, and I know in a lot of couples' personal lives here, when we tithe, you know, as soon as we get a check, as soon as we get paid, you know, it's not a bill on our list. The tithe is something that we just honor the Lord with, the first fruits of our income, the first fruits of our income. That that 10% is what we, we give back to the kingdom for all the goodness that God does to us because God works in our lives. He does so many good things to us. So if you can go ahead and stand right now, we'll go ahead and pray over the the offering. We have some envelopes on the, the seats. If you need an envelope, uh, you can raise your hand if there's not one there. But we also have the online giving. You can text the word Faithway uh, to 77977. And just remember in your offering that you're giving, everything that you're giving this morning, you know, it's a form of worship. You know, it's not out of obligation. And God honors the cheerful giver, that you give it out of joy. You give it out of cheer. So this morning, we just want to pray that every single thing that we, we, we sow, into the kingdom of God right now, everything that we give into the offering, that let it be planted on good soil so that it can produce and return 30, 60, and 100 fold. So Heavenly Father, we praise you this morning and we honor you, Father, in a form of worship. We honor you with our, with our first fruits, Father, with any offering that we bring to you this morning. 
Father, we thank you so much for the word that you have given us this morning. And we, Father, receive the word. We receive the kingdom. We know that you have brought the kingdom right here, just the way Pastor Box has, has taught us this morning, the way your word instructs us, that you have given us the kingdom right here at our feet. And we step into that kingdom, Father, and we receive it. Not only step into it, but we receive it. And Father, we ask that this offering that we give, that it goes to nations and it goes to ministries and it goes to people, Father, who will be blessed by it and who will also receive your kingdom. Father, we bless your holy name and all the children of God say, amen. Amen. So let's give him a shout of praise. Let's give him a hand clap. And the offering bucket is on the way out. So before we leave, we're...